NAD Ministerial presents Multiply, Baptize, Equip, Plant with Jose Cortez Jr. I want for us to turn there to the Old Testament. I'm going to read Welcome to the And this morning we're having a baby dedication. You know, every now and then. We baptize you now in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Spirit of Spirit. We're about to go eat. I want to thank you for the food. Is there a second to the motion? To present to you the happiest newlyweds in all the land. Muy buenos días, amigos, hermanos y familias. God, give us strength and power to live like you told us to live. I'm Patricia, and welcome. Do you have a John the Baptist approach or a Jesus approach in reaching your community? What's the difference? Find out today as our host, Jose Cortez Jr., talks to David Franklin. Collaborative leadership, that is when the church and community are working collaboratively to advocate for an improved community. The Bible says, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Mm. Now, what what I interpret that to mean is that God has resources for his children Mercy. In places where his children would not normally go. We've got lots of great actionable insights on the way. More in a moment. We want you to know that we are here as a growth resource. Go to nadministerial.com and click on podcast for everything you need to multiply your ministry. Our guest is David Franklin. Here's Jose. You can choose to be John the Baptist in your community, or you can be Jesus to your community. John preached and baptized in the Jordan. Jesus walked in the neighborhoods, attended weddings, ate with sinners, healed the sick, fed the hungry, loved the children, touched the unclean, preached and empowered his disciples to baptize everywhere. Everyone, welcome to our Multiply podcast. This is Jose Cortez, and we are on the campus of Andrews University, right on the space in the space of Advent Next. And I'm here with someone very special, a friend, a great pastor in North America. His name is David Franklin. David, how's it going, my brother? Man, it's great to be here. Love what you guys are doing with this uh, Multiply project. That's and right. Advent Next. It's just. Uh, it's great to be part of it. And man, you're coming all the way from Baltimore. Yes, Baltimore, Maryland. Yep. How does it feel to come all the way from the big city of Baltimore to the big city of <laughs> Bering Springs, Michigan? Hey, we know there is commonalities, uh, <laughs> you know, at least from the, the bees, right? You know, Bering right. and Baltimore, everything else is quite different. But it's hey, well, listen, good to be here. <laughs> at least right here in the university, it is very multicultural, just mm-hmm. like Baltimore, all right? Mm-hmm. So we have some people from all over the world on campus here, right? Absolutely. How long yeah. ago was it since you were uh, a student here on campus? Man, why do you have to ask me? that question, man. You know, um, if you want, you can pass. No, 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 no. I actually graduated from seminary in 2008. So believe it or not, oh man, this year, later in the year, it'll mark 12 years since I man. finished seminary. That yeah. makes me feel so old, man. <laughs> I graduated here in 1996. Okay. So, so my Lord, school even here. Uh, <laughs> Joseph Bates was going to, you know, <laughs> he was going to school here. You know, Ellen G.Y. was one of the professors. Oh, and man. We were, oh, man. All right. For, That's why you're so anointed. <laughs> I am totally anointed, man. Double portion, you know. Anyone listening, we're just kidding. Uh, uh, David, uh, well, I did graduate in 96, but, you know, David Franklin, he's the lead pastor at the Miracle City uh, Church, Adventist Church in Baltimore. And we hear some awesome things taking place in your community. And let me start by asking this question, David. You consider yourself the pastor of your city, the pastor of your community? 
Yes. Yeah, so or just the pastor of your four walls in the, of your church yeah, and your those, people. So that that's a really great question. Of, of course, I am. Uh, my title is lead pastor of Miracle City Church in Baltimore, Maryland. But um, you know, we have really taken a focus uh, to be engaged in a relevant way in our community. And uh, for me, initially, it started off, hey, you know, we're, I'm going to be pastor of the city. You know, I'm going to be. A, but we have found. You wanted to pastor the whole city. The whole city, my man, city, man. The whole city. It's, or it's going, big. Yeah, it is big. It right. is big. You know, and, and, and you know, I think uh, that may sound um, um, maybe even arrogant to some, but it, it really didn't come from that heart. Um, it came from uh, this idea that we really needed to be available to serve our entire city. But in, in our journey of service, and, and as you know, many know, and I've written about it in, in the book that's being produced as well as talked about at several other places, that you know, we started off with this 100,000 Touches campaign serving all over the city, but then we really began to focus our attention on a one-mile corridor is mm. just adjacent mm. to our church building because we, through serving and through research, we really learned that if we're going to have a sustainable impact, we want to make sure that we're focusing on a very targeted group because that's the only way that you're going to have the kind of sustainable impact that we want to have over the long term. So in as much as I still believe that I'm a pastor within the city, I really want to, I really view myself now as not just pastor of my church, but pastor of my direct community. Your direct community is one mile radius around your church pretty much. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's really even, it's, it's a, it's not even a radius per se. It's this corridor. It's this one mile strip um, uh, along Frederick Avenue, which is uh, just the, the cross street of our church. How many people live there? So that, that's a great question. Our target uh, population is 15,000 people. All right. So there is a very specific uh, group of people that we're targeting. So you have a parish of 15,000 people. That Those are the people you want to reach. Man, I wish some of our pastors in North America would look at it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Uh, and, and, and you're just... I'm learning something with you right here. So we do not need to try to get the whole city, let's just focus on the people who are right next to our church, right in the neighborhood. I, I believe that... 15,000 right there. Yes, I really do believe that, that there is a great opportunity to do that. Sometimes we're spreading the net so wide that our resources get diluted, and so the impact doesn't, you know, we don't have the impact that we desire. The, the, re, the results that we're looking for doesn't, you know, they don't really materialize. And so uh, we have found, again, not only through our own work, but through looking at other models across the country, that when you're really focused, um, it allows you to mm. uh, uh, leverage your resources in a greater way. And I want to say one more thing, wow. Pastor Cortez, on that You can, you can call me Jose, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> well, what, what a be Bishop, respectful... Um... Bishop David Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> the bishop. I'm here with the bishop from Baltimore. Well, listen, if I'm the bishop, that means you're the archbishop. No, 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 no. Jose is fine, man. Jose is fine. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, I want to say one other point on that, and, and, and that is, is that in as much as our outreach efforts are targeted on that mile corridor, our community revitalization efforts are targeted on that one mile corridor. You know, we obviously live in, a, in an age of technology, social media, all of that. So it's not that our reach is limited to, to, to those 15,000 people. That's right. It's not limited. You go beyond that. We go beyond that. But your main effort. That's there you go. Our main effort where we're putting a lot target. of our resources are, is going to right be right next to that, your church. That's right. Right in that mile corridor. All right. Beautiful. Pastors. Yeah. We have thousands of pastors who are listening to our podcast mm -hmm. and church leaders and people who want to make a difference. I think this is a great idea. Concentrate in the community right 
in in your by your church. That's you right. Know, you don't have to go ha halfway across the world to reach people when you have people right in your backyard. That's correct. And here's the here's the other reason why we do it because we're really focused on relationships. Um, you know, we we look at the model of Jesus, right? You, it, it's it's not a, a uncommon thing to know that we serve a relational God, right? That's right. Uh, Jesus came. He 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 sat with sinners. You know, he's mm -hmm. he is the the man who called Zacchaeus down out of the tree and then went to his house. You okay. know, yep. he's he's chilling with Mary and Martha and Lazarus, right? So we see Jesus engaged in building these relationships. I mean, even the fact that he chose to focus on the twelve disciples and spend so much time with them. You know, G Jesus was really focused on relationships, and those relationships ultimately produced the ability for the gospel to be carried forward. And you can't build deep relationships if the energy, if your efforts are spread, you know, are spread uh, too, too, wide. too wide. So yeah. we, we've found that, you know, we really want to uh, reach our community. And let me just say one other piece on that. In reaching our community, for us, what that means is we not only want them to find Jesus, <laughs> but we actually want the community that they live in to be to be healthy and whole for this generation and generations to come. So you're not just worried about the spiritual lives of people. You're worried about their lives, whole lives. That, that's with, without a which, doubt. Which includes spiritual part of it, but also their complete well-being. That is correct. Because that's what Jesus did. He, he, I mean, you know, we, we always quote this quote from Ellen White, yeah. Ministry of Healing, yeah. you know, Jesus. Page 103. Yeah. There, there you go. Uh, you know, he mingled with men as one who desired their good. good. You know, he 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 sought, he met, he met, their, met their needs, needs. and then he bid the, bade them follow, come and follow me. He um, won their confidence. He won their confidence. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, the, the text is long. But we, one of the pieces that we miss on that is there after she says that with prayer and the power of persuasion. That's right. These efforts cannot, cannot fail. Cannot fail. That's they right. They can't fail. So, so we have really taken that to heart to not see this dichotomy between community service and sharing the gospel. We community service them. is sharing the gospel. That is correct. We don't see them as two different things. We see them as one thing. And Jesus did not baptize everyone that he fed. That is come All right. on. You preach it now. But, but, but he like, took their hunger. He, he took their hunger away. Anyway, you know, he took their hunger away. That's right. That's, so. uh, there's no question about that because I think that we have to understand that the gospel must be visible. That's right. right? We we need to be able to see in a tangible way the impact, the effects, the results, the manifestation of the gospel. And in as much as we should see that in the baptismal pool, mm -hmm. right? We're not Same. saying it shouldn't happen in the baptismal oh, by all pool, means. but it should also happen on the street court. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, you started talking about one of your three values. I don't know if you call them values, but I know that there are three things that you're placing a lot of emphasis on uh, at your church in order to make sure that you, you're able to reach your community. And the first one is relationships. Yes. You just mentioned that. Yes. So, so, you know, we're looking to, uh, really have transformational impact. We use two words, transformational and sustainable impact. That's what we want. In order to do that, we really believe that you have to move from relationships to partnership to collaborative leadership. Sustainable impact happens when the church and the community are working collaboratively to lead revitalization and or development efforts in the community 
that will change the community positively for generations to come. And I love this. We're trying to revitalize churches, but you're, you're taking this to the next level now. You're trying to revitalize communities. All right. Absolutely. So that is awesome. All right. So relationships. I'm a pastor listening. Yep. Okay. How do I work on relationships? What, what, what can you do to make sure that those relationships take place and that they happen before we move into partnerships? Sure. So the, the first thing is, I think you have to value relationships. Okay. Right. Right. I, I think, I think they, they need to be important. They, they've got to be important. Right. They've got to be part of your priority. They've got to be part of your strategic plan. They've got to be part of the way that you see communicating gospel. Right. Gospel. I think the second thing with relationships is, is that when we think about community service projects, and we realized this when we started serving, is that the goal was not the project. The goal is the people. The goal is the people. The project allows you, allows you to get close to the people. I wish, I wish that as Adventists and Christians uh, all together, we understood this concept. You know, the reason we do good is for the sake of people. The reason we have beliefs is for the sake of people, not, not the other way around. At times we put our beliefs and our... Well, I'm preaching. This is, you're the one who's supposed to be talking here. But that's right. That's the, it. The, the important thing is the people. Yes. There's, there's no question about that. And, and I think God wants to use a host of opportunities. There's things that every church is doing already that with a, a, a change of focus, I think, could be the catalyst to build relationships. Because often we're looking at, hey, we need to do this revelation seminar. We need to do this prophecy seminar. We need to do this evangelistic series. And I'm, all of those I'm, things are good. But we have no relationships. But exactly. We, we have no relationships. And even when we do those things with a different focus, those things could become relationship builders. They could be relational. Absolutely. They really could be. And I think, preaching down to people who we hardly know. That's, that's correct. That won't come. And, 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 and not only that, not only that, but I think that when you take on this relational perspective, I believe that it changes the heart of why you choose to do whatever you choose to That's do. Correct. Community outreach, Bible study, it changes the heart. It's not that I'm trying to get a number, get more people to come. Get I'm actually trying to work with Mary. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help John. I want to, to minister to, 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 to Markel. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm trying to actually, it's not the number, it's the person. Right. And when that shift happens, uh, Jose, I just think let, let me, it's transformation. Let me stop it right there for a moment. More with Jose and David in a moment. We'd love to get to know more about you and your ministry. NAD Ministerial is dedicated to your growth and success. So go to our website, nadministerial.com, click on podcast and sign up so we can keep you connected to the best tools, information and events to help you multiply your effectiveness in evangelism. Oh, and make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. And all of Jose's social media contacts are on the website as well. NADministerial.com. Now, back to the interview. Let me stop it right there for a moment because we have churches across North America that they do their Compassion Sabbath and they do their projects and everything, but they go here one day and then they go to a different place next time and and at times they do just the community service Sabbath once a year and they check that, that box. And, but that does not create relationships. Uh, what do you have to do in order to... You need to keep going to the same people all the time so you can become friends, right? 
If you're going to, uh, well, you, you tell me. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. I, I, I believe that. I think relationships are messy. I believe relationships take time. I believe relationships require sacrifice. And, and so it's not the thing that you can ultimately, when you're building relationship, that you can just, you know, uh, turn into the conference at the end of the quarter and say, mm. you know, you've, you've, you know, baptized these many people. It takes It takes time, it takes investment, it takes sacrifice. So drive-by compassion does not work. You it know, I go and I do something here today and I do something there tomorrow. You need to continue to invest in the same people, saying, right? So, so I want to give Help you out. two resources. One is uh, Charity de Detox and the other one is When Helping Hurts. Uh, okay. These are, you know, folks who've been involved in community outreach might have read these charity books. Charity Detox. The Detox Charity. Detox Charity. Detox right. Charity and When Helping Hurts. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to give these resources because what it shows is that a lot of times the efforts that we make can actually hurt people more than they help people. Wow. And, and, and I think that that is not, I think the, the book suggests that part of the reason is because we create dependency rather than empowerment. But one of the ways to create effective empowerment, in other words, to empower people, it's the same idea. Do you give a man a fish, a fish. or do you teach him how to, how fish, to fish? Right, right. exactly. So that's empowering someone when you teach them how to fish. And one of the ways to do that effectively is to start by building the relationship. And, and I think that if we're going to be effective at, at really building community, we've got to be able to turn the tide and understand that everything that we do is not going to be a nice box that we can check. It's going to be messy. It's going to take time, time. But God's favor is going to shine upon us, and the gospel will be delivered, and hearts will be changed. Quickly, popcorn. You know, just, just throw a few things at us here. What are some of those things that you have done in your church to build relationships? Well, so, so for us, it, we were doing these community outreach projects, and those community outreach projects We started out serving just the way everybody does, right? So I want I should say, you know, in my passion, I don't want to uh, communicate that we have it all figured out and that, you know, we've always had the answers. You're still learning no, and growing. We're, we're still learning and growing. And when we started serving, we didn't ask any questions. We didn't do any needs assessment or asset assessment. You didn't do any of that? We didn't do any. We, didn't, we just started serving. My Lord. These, these people need help and we go, we're going to help them. That's the way we right. started serving. But we had a sincere heart, I believe. Okay. And God used, I think, our misplaced efforts to turn it into something that actually now, I believe, is creating significant change in our community. And, and, and so those, those outreach projects were a practical way for us to get close to people. It brought people into our building. It sent us out to people who we never would have had contact with. And, be, and along the journey of serving, we changed our focus from trying to just hand out stuff to actually start to really try to develop relationships. But you started by, by giving out stuff and like, like most people do, right? What, right. What, type, what type of things were you guys doing? Oh, man, we, you, we've given out. I mean, we've done a lot. Um, we, we, were, we were giving out free loads of laundry, free groceries, free gas. We were uh, giving out food to the homeless. We were, uh, 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 we were doing free clothes for, for new mothers. I mean, we've done, we've done a lot. I mean, we, we've transitioned from that to a community baby shower and... We, we've done a lot of projects. Right, awesome. Yeah, and, and there's a lot that I could talk about. 
um, you know, we've made a significant investment in really trying to reach our community. But it wasn't until we changed our focus that our goal was not to get to a number. It was not to complete a certain set of projects. It or wasn't to even friends. to get a certain number of baptisms, but it was to, to make build friends. Rela- relationships, to make friends. Yeah. Right. So that's number one, relationships. Let's go to the second one, partnerships. Partnerships. So if relationships are done well, the natural outgrowth will be partnership. All right. And what I mean by that is, is that when when we're in relationship, one of the reasons why I think sometimes it's it becomes a challenge to build effective relationships, because relationships are give and take. Right. Right. So if I'm always giving to you, then we have a lopsided relationship. That's right. So so what happened for us is as we started having conversations and started listening instead of just doing um, with you can ask me who who are the the people we're having conversations with our residents we're having conversations with parents in our community conversations with principals and community association presidents uh, city council members we're having these conversations and we started to realize that we could change the focus of our work by listening well to the people we had built relationships but then we said we're not going to just listen to what they say and then go out and do work we're going to invite them to partner with us and we're going to do work together. Mm. So we did a back to school block party. That back to school block party wasn't just the initiative of the church. The back to school block party was a result of listening to the principals at the local schools in our neighborhood. Right. They were saying they needed certain kinds of support. Some of that was in the building, which was uh, we renovated some, uh, we renovated a faculty resource lounge and a few libraries and uh, an auditorium. We did that work. But they also said, you know, we're struggling with helping children make, uh, uh, ensure that they have the kind of Uh, uh, supplies that they need throughout the year. So we partnered with the school. We said, hey, we're not going to do this by ourselves. What what can you you bring to to the table? They brought some things to the table. We brought some things to the table. Beautiful. And over the last few years, we've served over 3,000 children as they get prepared to go to school. Uh, So that's number two. That's that's the next step. But then you have a a third step, which is what what you're trying to aim for, right? Yes. yes. Which is collaborative Collaborative leadership. leadership, All right. So you, you have relationships. Relationships grow into partnerships. Now you're doing work together but i believe the the help the the next step that should happen after partnership is collaborative leadership that is when the church and community are working collaboratively to advocate for an improved community so so now we're saying not we're just going to address the issues that we're see we're seeing but the church and the community are working together to say, what do we want the community to look like in five years or 10 years? Now you begin to envision that's a different right. community. That's it. That's it. And, and then, to influence. That's, and that's the key, right? So together, we're influencing our city council persons. We're in, influencing our, our, uh, our, our elected leaders to say, hey, listen, we need these kind of resources. So you think there is a place for Christians and Adventists in the uh, outside, in, 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 you know, in the, in the politics uh, of, of, the, of the community? Uh, should we be engaged doing any of that stuff? Is that part of the deal? Let, let me say this. Break clear. it down, let please. Let me say this clearly. Yes. Let me say this clearly. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Mm. Now, what, I'm, what I interpret that to mean is that God has resources for his children Mercy. in places where his children would not normally go. <laughs> and it is incumbent upon us 
to, to leverage the, the access that our churches give us to gain those resources in order to improve our community. You don't have to, sometimes people get so concerned about taking government money or city money because, well, you can't, you know, proselytize, you can't evangelize. Well, if you're working collaboratively in, in your community and, you're, and your desire is for the community to be made whole, and the city has money for a park, and they're not going to give it until somebody is there advocating on the behalf of the community regularly. I, 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 the money doesn't have to come to the church. The money can go to that neighborhood association so that park right. can be improved, and then, and then it can better serve this, the, the, the children in that community. That's correct. So, so sometimes it's not even always about the church receiving the dollars and then somehow being hamstring, uh, you know, hamstrung from, from communicating the gospel. Sometimes it's the church leveraging its influence so that the community can get resources that they otherwise would not get. I'm going to make a fine point on this Go and I'm going to be done. I'm going to make one it, point. Go for one it. of the reasons why affluent communities are able to have the resources that they need. It's because they have people of power in those communities that demand that the city or the government provide them the kind of support that they need for a healthy and whole community. A lot of times in underserved communities, you don't have, you don't have that type of leadership. Leaders. That's right. So the, the, so church, the church needs, needs to, to step, step in. Up and provide that leadership so that the, the things that the community deserves to have that they they're not have. getting, they can get because of the influence and the advocacy of the church. So it is definitely okay. As we know that the, wor the world is getting uh, worse and that uh, Jesus is coming soon, it is okay not to wait for Jesus to come to try to make things better. The church has a responsibility to try to make things better right now. For the people who are here, like Jesus did when he walked this earth. That's the point. If Jesus felt he had a responsibility to make to. things better while he was here, heal people, hang out with people, improve people's lives, if he felt he had a responsibility, then God started. So we need not to sit idle, waiting right. for Jesus to come and doing nothing for the people around us, right? That's right. Well, man, thank you so much. <laughs> I really love this, you know, and you're the pastor of your community. I love some of the points that, well, I loved all of the points that you made. I hope that the people listening will pay some attention and that perhaps they will be able to duplicate some of the things that they have heard here. And I... I want to close with this. Uh, relationships create the space for discipleship. Yeah, you said that. That's, if, come on. Yeah, come let on. Me, let's, let me, let's, close, may, let's close it down with this, may, man. Let's I bring may. it home. That's right. So relationships ah. build partnership. Partnership create collaborative leadership. And that is, I believe, the, the, uh, the pathway that God will use to build disciples. And I've seen it in my own church. We now have a community association president that we built a relationship with. We started partnering with. She's part of our team to Im improve the community. But you know what, Jose? What? That same community leader started attending our church some months ago. Uh, she started bringing family members mm. with her. A few weeks ago, she came and told me, Pastor, I'm ready to join. Hey, so, that's so it. I like that. The relationship is what produced the space for discipleship, and we're believing that God's going to continue to repeat that pattern many times over. Thank you, Pastor David Franklin. Our time has been awesome together here, and I really enjoyed it. And I know our listeners are really enjoying it as well. Um, we would love to have you back at some point again. Would you come back? Absolutely. All right. Yeah, awesome, I man. you having me. Well, this is Jose Cortez on your Multiply podcast. See you soon. Blessings. Thanks, David and Jose. Make sure you sign up for our email list and don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe to our podcast.
If you'd like to connect with Jose, home base for all things multiply is nadministerial.com and click on podcast. I'm Patricia. Until next time, keep going, but most of all, keep growing. Multiply. Multiply, a best practices podcast, is a production of NAD Ministerial. Executive producer, Ivan Williams. Designed by Halloran Hill for Anything is Possible. Produced by Kendra Arsenal with Christina Massino. Edited by Taizi Snyder.